Hey, this is Diana, the Bard of Hudson. What the heck does that mean? A bard is just a storyteller. So here I am to share stories with you. What was it like growing up in the 60s and 70s? Did I really meet Bob Marley on an airplane? I hope you enjoy listening to my crazy life and that it inspires you to share your stories in some way. One great way to share your thoughts with me is through my Patreon page at patreon.com slash Diana the Bard. There you can see the photos and written materials that enrich my stories with visuals. Please check it out. And wherever you're listening, please rate and review and share the podcast. I'd love to hear what you think. At the end of the day, human connection is all we have. Enjoy. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome back. And thank you for being here with me today. I am recording on the evening after a very, very snowy day. Snowy and windy and cold and woo. I'm kind of hoping that this is the last of those. Tomorrow's going to be super cold and then the rest of the week is nice and warm. Maybe spring will be here finally. That's for me, where I am now, in any case. I say that a lot, don't I? In any case, I'm sorry. You have to live with all of my foibles. My foibles. I was hoping that the fact that there was a snow covering would mean that it was going to be a quiet evening. But perhaps not, because the street beside me is still closed. And so my road is more of a thoroughfare than it might usually be. So in any case, oh my goodness. Um... (laughs) We are going back to just after Savannah was born and after the terrible tragedy with Bruno. And I wanted to tell you more about Patty and her hopes for her own future. As I told you, Pat was Savannah's first babysitter and she was completely devoted to her, just so excited to have her in her life and in all of our lives. And she had been living vicariously through my pregnancy with me, kind of checking in and and finding out what all the milestones were like and enjoying every new development and feeling the baby move inside of me. And we were having a lovely friendship develop through this avenue. And it turned out that she really wanted to have a child of her own as well. But she had been putting this off and avoiding talking about it I think because she had some sense of how it was going to go when she brought it up to my mom. When mom and Pat met, mom was 48 and Pat was 34. And at this point, Pat was 38 and mom was 52. And mom was definitely over the whole parenting thing. She never really wanted to be a parent in the first place. And she had had a rocky history with being a parent. So she was not eager to do it again. Certainly not. But after my belly started to show and it became clear that I was doing this thing, I think Pat started thinking she was 38 and this is something that she had wanted all along. And it was something that she wanted to do no matter what kind of resistance she met. So she started expressing her wishes to also be a parent. This was a shock to mom. She was 52 and in unbelievable physical shape and loving life. She traveled a lot. 
she and Pat had actually gone, and I didn't tell you this because it's not part of my life, but she and Pat had gone to climb Mount Kilimanjaro and take a trip to Africa because the time that my mom and I went to Africa, I think was the first time that mom had ever been to Africa, except for Egypt, which counts as the African continent, but somehow one thinks of it as a different country, really, as a different continent. It doesn't feel like part of Africa. It definitely is, but I don't know, it feels different. In any case, so mom and Pat traveled to Kenya and did a whole safari trip and then also climbed Kilimanjaro, which was a huge undertaking. And they both made it to the top and they both felt incredibly proud. And it was a huge accomplishment to tick off. And it kind of set off in my mom this desire to climb more peaks because she started to research that as a thing. I've made it up Kilimanjaro, now I want to make, not Everest, certainly not Everest, but she was ready to explore, you know, what's the next highest mountain. And she found a few that she wanted to put on her list. So she had things that she wanted to do, passions she wanted to pursue. She was just really getting going in terms of making art and having it shown in galleries. So she definitely didn't want to be a parent. She knew what that commitment was like at the beginning, at least with babies and infants, and she didn't want it, absolutely didn't want it. And this created big arguments between her and Pat, screaming, fighting. This is the first time that they really started lashing into each other. But my mom was always a big, passionate, dramatic person, so I don't think that the fact that they were having large, huge fights was a deterrent to their relationship. But for Pat, Finally, she said to mom, I am going to do this with you or without you. So you decide. And that was really an ultimatum. Now, there's a long history with Pat and there are going to be a lot of other things going forward that are wonderful things about her. But here I have to say, and this is for everyone, ultimatums are not a good way to get something done. I think you are squeezing someone into a place where they are going to eventually resent you for. And don't do it. I think don't do it. But I think she felt like she had no choice, that her body was telling her this is something that you are meant to do and you have always wanted to do. So to be fair, she would have walked and said, you know, I'm going to do this and let this relationship go. But mom clung to her. Mom loved her tremendously. But this was a really interesting flip in terms of the power in their relationship because anyone who's ever been in sort of this, well, I guess I won't call it a May-December romance. It wasn't quite that dramatic, but there was 14 years difference between them. And so there was definitely a power imbalance. Mom held all the cards in terms of calling the shots about how their relationship was going to go. She had already pressured Pat into dating her in the first place. And now she held, she had the money. She could take Pat on all these wild, exciting adventures. And she was like handing her that life and saying, isn't this good enough? Am I not good enough? And all of this excitement, isn't that good enough? And Pat was flipping the power dynamic and saying, I have power too. I have agency too. I can do this thing without you. And I will. Pat tried to get a lot of us on her side and convince us that it would be a good idea. But my grandmother absolutely was siding with my mom and 
could see it from her point of view that she's beyond those years. She doesn't want this. You can't ask this of her. But then Pat came to me and the thing is, I was in the midst of it, right? I was in the midst of a very easy pregnancy, feeling this little doodad move inside of me and charmed by the whole process. And so, of course, I was like, oh, of course, you should do it too. <laughs> I didn't think about it in that terms of like what it would do to her life because I was married and I had a husband and I didn't think about how it would change her life and their lives. I was just thinking about what a lovely experience it was and how I was looking forward to being a mom. And I was thinking, well, every woman should have that opportunity if they want it. And I know there's a lot of problems. There's a lot of difficulties with conception for a lot of women. But if they choose that and they're able, they should be allowed if they really want to. So finally, after a lot of back and forth, mom agreed, but with some very specific conditions. She insisted that she would not be having to help with the baby in the beginning because she's not a baby person. And she made this very clear. She said, I will hire people to help you, but I can't do it. And she absolutely wanted to be free to travel whenever she could and wanted to. And she wanted Pat to be able to come with her as well. In essence, they would be partners, but the kid would be Pat's and she preferred not to be involved in the parenting aspect of it. Somehow, Pat agreed to this. And I don't know, you know, I think parenting is such a hard job that it's important to have backup and teamwork. But I guess Pat thought that, you know, she had enough backup with other people, friends and me and such, and that she could make it work. So she started the process of artificial insemination. And, you know, the old turkey baster process. <laughs> but each month that went by, when she got her period, and it was clear that she wasn't pregnant, she was devastated. Each month worse than the next as it went on and on. And she got more and more upset each time. Finally, she decided to start fertility treatments so that she could up her chances of getting pregnant. She was thinking between this method and my being a bit older, maybe that's the problem. That's why I can't conceive. And this was right around about when Savannah was born, that it was really starting to get intense. And in the times in between treatments, she was cheerful. She was her old self. It's just around when it got close to will it or won't it, will I or won't I have my period, that she started to get agitated and nervous. So we were trying to distract her. When Savannah was about four months old, we all took a trip to St. Bart's, back to the site of our conception, almost like a ritual, like, okay, we'll take you to the place where it worked for us and maybe it'll work. So we had a lovely trip with my aunt and uncle, my mom and Pat and me and Dave. And in fact, mom took a picture of me and Dave and Savannah under the tree where she was conceived. And it was still a tiny twig of a tree. <laughs> it was very funny. We took Savannah to the ocean for the first time and she hated it. <laughs> we tried to put her in the water and she screamed and screamed and Dave was laughing. He was like, no, come sweetie you're gonna love this so much and she was just like <laughs> hated it it was noisy and it was cold and she just didn't want any part of it 
So that didn't work out too well. Later, P.S., now she is a water baby. She will find water wherever it is. Now, she's she just went to Puerto Rico and discovered all these beautiful little waterfalls. <laughs> but at the time, it was not a good start. But in any case, we were in St. Bart's and trying to relax. But then this one morning, my mom loves to eat bran for breakfast, no matter where she is. She brings it with her in her suitcase. And... I guess she didn't have the right kind of milk or something like that. She was eating it very dry and she started to choke at breakfast and literally was making the signs for, I can't breathe. I can't breathe. Oh my God. Oh my God. And Pat started to scream. Oh my God. Oh my God. And Pat was trying to do the Heimlich and she wasn't strong enough and she was freaking out and Dave tried to do it and he, and it didn't work. And finally my uncle Jim just came up from behind my mom and just was brutal and bam Heimlich maneuver and she spat out this huge chunk of bran and we were like you are never eating that again no no we have told you so many times it's yikes and scary and horrible and disgusting but that was dramatic I think Pat had this experience of oh my god I, I can't lose her and so if this doesn't work it's fine I'm gonna stay with Christina and it's okay so there was a lot of back and forth drama of do I want to do this and with each time that she wasn't pregnant she had to face it again whether she wanted to try it again or not and finally in August she got pregnant and I'm going to tell you more of that I'm also going to tell you about Savannah's first trip to Italy which was very fun I'll tell you more about that next time thank you for being here Thanks for listening. If you'd like to connect, you can find me on Instagram at Diana the Bard or on Facebook at Diana Green. And check out my Patreon page at patreon.com slash Diana the Bard for photos and other fun additions. And if you're enjoying the podcast, please subscribe, share, rate, and review wherever you're listening. It makes a world of difference and helps others to find the show. I'd really appreciate it. Thanks so much. Bye. Want to make some juicy passive income but don't know where to start? You need to check out Girls Trade 2. Girls Trade 2 is an online community of women learning to trade in the stock market so they can boost their savings and get off that dang hamster wheel of work, work, work. So if you want some help figuring out the stock market, check out a free web class at girlstrade2.com.